I often will write a scene from three different points of view to find out which has the most tension and which way I'm able to conceal the information I'm trying to conceal. And that is, at the end of the day, what writing suspense is all about. Dan Brown. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Our topic of today, our debate, is going to be writing third person versus first person. Now, I'm going to preface this with this really depends on your story, your book. I don't 100% advocate for using only first person, but that is the side I'm going to be arguing today. And I've written several books that are completely from first person or have a first person point of view and other third person points of view in the story. First person has a place. I am arguing that it should not be the default. Third person works as a better default for you unless you have a specific reason to use first person. So what was the point of view in the last book you read? Third person, but in the series, he's also taken first person. What about your favorite book? First person. And what do you write? Mostly third person. What about you? What about the last book you read? Third person. And your favorite book? Third person. And what do you write? Currently first person, but usually third person. I'm curious why you chose first person, because you're writing a brosy mystery. Yes, I get there's a limited point of view in a lot of that, but that would be really hard to write. You chose a very difficult bite of the elephant to start with. Because that is what's common in the genre. And that is another part that determines what point of view to use, is what is common in your genre. So I wrote Toxic and Katie Ratio as a cozy mystery, and I recently discovered there's also a subgenre of that called brosy mystery that also is written for guys, which is awesome. But a lot of the other mysteries that I've read are in first person because it does limit the information. It is actually, to me, easier to write a mystery where they don't figure it out until the end from a first-person point of view than a third-person point of view. But a lot of the mystery, suspense, thriller stuff will have mostly third-person and maybe the hero be first-person, which is what you'll see in my Chroma series. That's what you'll see a lot of in Jack Reacher. But some genres especially like YA, will definitely lean toward first person. So here is the main reason why first person works. It creates an immediate intimacy with the characters, with the events. It puts the reader in the story because suddenly they are the narrator in some ways because they're reading it from that first-person I-me perspective that we think of ourselves naturally. I get that in an escapism kind of way, but I tend to get frustrated because I wouldn't make the same decisions. If a reader has an opinion of if they'll read only one or the other, you're going to get a lot more readers that will read only third-person than will read only first-person. So statistically at least in my experience, you're going to appeal to a broader audience by leaning toward third person. And this is another reason why the genre makes a big difference, because in young adult fiction, where a lot of the purpose of young adult fiction is escapism, 
first person is most common. In a slight shift from that, but I want to kind of throw this in there, YA also does a lot of the present tense. I am doing this instead of I did this. That's a specific style to a specific genre that appeals to only a specific group of people. The majority of the people I talk to really don't like present tense. But if you're writing for that group, like if you're Suzanne Collins writing Hunger Games, that first person present really worked and it became wildly popular even outside of YA. I would say that to me, maybe this is just historically speaking, but third person feels a lot more natural in the storytelling process. He did this, she did that. I also like having multiple points of view, and so that naturally adds tension to your story. If it's all Harry's point of view the entire way through, we're going to miss a lot of stuff. Having these multiple points of view gives the reader information in a natural way that maybe your hero doesn't have. That is how you build suspense at its core. But if you want to conceal information, having only one character to have to write from makes that almost easier because you control what that character notices and recognizes. You don't have to worry about head hopping to do just the right amount of information. I do want to clarify because some people have a misinterpretation of what head hopping is. Head hopping is changing points of view in the middle of the moment without a clear, this is when we're changing points of view scene break. So I guess the better way for me to phrase that is without having to change points of view. We do not advocate head hopping under any circumstances unless you are going across a river and there are people underneath you and you're hopping from head to head. Another thing about first person is that it makes it really easy to immediately understand and know the main character. There are exceptions. Sherlock Holmes is actually not written from the main character's first person perspective. It's written from Dr. Watson's perspective. Which is an interesting way to build suspense in an era that was a lot of single character, first person, this is what happened to me kind of storytelling. Because Sherlock has theories, Sherlock has ideas, Sherlock has information that Watson doesn't when approaching the scene. So you still have your point of view character as almost a Greek chorus character so that Sherlock has to explain what's happening. It would be more interesting, I think, to show bits of Moriarty's point of view of, oh, we're going to have this whole thing with the redheaded society and have this guy just copy books by hand and then do something with the books afterward. Being able to understand your villain's motives is super useful. And if you're writing from a single person's point of view or from first person, because those often go hand in hand, all you know about the villain comes from the villain monologue near the end of the story. I can appreciate that because I do really like to write from the point of view of the villain. That is a fun thing to do, and you can't really do that if you're writing in solely first person. But first person, especially for new writers, is a very easy thing to maintain. Because there are different forms of third person, there's third person limited, third person medium, third person omniscient, that creates confusion. So new writers will think they're writing one, but dive into a different form of third person without even realizing it. 
there's really only one first-person perspective. The book of mine that you're editing right now is sort of a first-person omniscient. So if you do interesting things like what Lee did with her book that's coming out, and have that present tense telling a past tense story, that can be hard to maintain, but it's easier than maintaining a lot of the third-person omniscient, third-person limited, without trying to not accidentally bounce to the other. But when third-person limited is written really well, I would say it's at least as intimate as first-person, because you can feel like you're another character in the scene, instead of trying to be this character who's making decisions you wouldn't. Your story that you have coming out next, there's a scene that I just edited where I really disagree with the main character. It's really hard for me to connect with her, even though it's in first person. I think that problem also applies to third person if it's not done well especially if you're doing third-person omniscient and it feels like someone uninvolved is telling the story, you don't get that deep connection with the characters that you could in a first-person point of view where you are the narrator. I guess I will give you a little bit on this one in that first-person is a very potent spice in your cabinet here. Have a reason to use it and use it really well. There are all sorts of reasons why you would use first person, and it usually boils down to what kind of information you want your readers to know. Now, if you have multiple characters, first person may not be your best option, so I'll give you that. Especially not all of them from first person point of view. That's very difficult to follow and to track from an audience point of view. For me, I'm not good at naming my characters. First person's a great thing for you to have in that case. Yes. So the books of mine that you're editing right now, the main character never wants to name himself. Is it the main character that doesn't want to name himself or is it you that don't want to name the main character? Uh, Maybe a little bit of both. (laughs) My point is, have a reason to write in first person. If you don't, try in third person. I think you'll find readers will enjoy it a lot more. You know, I can't argue with you on that one. I can't come up with a debate for that because, again, I prefer third person in general. But first person is very useful if done right. It is very useful in romance. It is very useful in young adult novels because of that aspect of escapism. So in the end, listener, think about the story you want to tell. Do you want to have that immediate intimacy or do you want to have that broad suspense that comes with multiple points of view? Do you want to mix it up and do both or do you not want to turn off certain readers because you're doing one or the other? Just like our quote at the beginning, sometimes it takes a little exploration to find the right point of view. Explore everything you can. Explore all you want so long as you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 